keeps asking me to, so he's here tonight, so maybe this will be the last time that I preach. He's here to hear it. Um, but two years ago today was my wife and daughter and I's first Sunday here. It's been two years. I remember that night after the service, we had cake and fellowship, uh, but tonight, even better. We're having Lord's Supper tonight, and I'm um, looking forward to that. Um, Matthew chapter 26, you're there, and I uh, just want to preach a message tonight on um, just the Lord's Supper. I want to talk about the Lord's Supper. And for me, I uh, grew up in church from, from the very beginning. And I remember the, uh, the Lord's Supper always being a part of uh, the churches that we went to. And I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes just kind of getting in, uh, if I can use the word ritual or religion, you kind of just get used to doing things. And so I uh, just want to talk about the Lord's Supper tonight and uh, what's in the the process of the Lord's Supper tonight, what we're going to be doing tonight. Matthew 26, we'll begin reading at verse 17. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word, if you can, once again. I know you just got comfortable. Matthew 26, verse 17. Um, I'll read by myself, because when I read with other people, I trip myself up, or I'll trip you up. So we'll read, uh, you read silently along, you follow along. We'll begin reading in verse number 17 in Matthew 26. The Bible says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread... The disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. Verse 19, And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Can I just pause there for a second? Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard a message uh, on this verse. I'm not preaching on this verse, but it just kind of dumbfounds me sometimes that uh, they walked with him. They're a disciple. They're a follower of Jesus Christ. Christian is a follower of Christ. And here they are asking Jesus Christ, is it me? Am I going to betray you? They had doubts that they were going to be betraying him. It just blows my mind sometimes. But uh, then again, how many times do we betray uh, Jesus Christ ourselves. Begin uh, with me again in verse number uh, 24, or verse 23. And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. I don't know about you, but right there I would have just said, I'm not dipping anything in that cup anymore. Uh, verse 24, The Son of Man goeth as it was written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Verse 25, then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said it. Thou hast said. Verse 26, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and braked it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many of the remissions of sin. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink and I knew with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you um, for this time tonight that we could be around uh, the Lord's table and observe the Lord's Supper. God, I pray that uh, tonight that we would um, examine our hearts. God, I pray that if there is anything wrong in our hearts uh, that has something between you and us, that, God, I pray that we get that taken care of. Lord, I pray if there's someone tonight that doesn't know you as their Savior, that they would get that taken care of. 
tonight and what a great opportunity tonight they have. Lord, I pray that you would just speak through me, empty myself. Lord, help me speak clearly. Help me to slow down and be patient, Lord. Help me just to, to speak the words that you want me to. Lord, I love you so much, and we thank you for your sacrifice uh, on the cross for us, Lord, and that we could go to heaven because of that sacrifice and because you rose from the dead. Lord, we ask these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, during this time, Jesus was uh, about to be crucified, and he was sharing the Passover meal with the disciples. Passover was a time that the Jews set aside to remember their deliverance from Egypt. Moses had been sent by God to lead the people out of Egypt, and Pharaoh, again, you know the story, resisted, and God sent ten plagues. And the last of the plagues was the, the angel would, that would pass through Egypt and take the life of the firstborn son of every family. The only way to escape that death of the firstborn was to take the blood of a lamb and put on the doorpost of the house. When God came through Egypt, he saw the blood, and he would pass over that house, and the firstborn would be spared. At the Passover meal, uh, people would eat three things, the roasted, uh, roasted lamb, unleavened bread, and bread with uh, and bitter herbs. Uh, at Jesus, uh, as Jesus sat with the disciples, uh, these three things were on the table. Uh, using these foods, he began to prepare the disciples for the crucifixion that was just around the corner. He's taking this time as he was eating and fellowshipping with them to explain to them about what's about to happen. And uh, Jesus, he picked up the bread, and, he, and we read it there. He explained to the disciples that this is my body, it will be broken for you. And he picked up the cup and said, this is my blood, and uh, it will be spilled for you. And, uh, but tonight I want to just talk about uh, the Lord's Supper and the, the process of the Lord's Supper. And uh, for me, I remember, um, as a young boy, I can specifically remember um, in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, Calvary Baptist Church, the church that I attended when I, uh, um, from five years old to 12 years old, and I remember sitting in the balcony of the church, and I remember that the uh, Lord's Supper was being taken place. And I thought, oh, wow. Uh, and again, five-year-old boy, I'm not trying to make light of things, we're having a snack in church. And I remember as it got to me, my sisters got to take the bread. It got to me, my parents, you know, no, it's not for you. And it's not for me, my sisters got it. And uh, then the cup was passed. And I remember as a young boy, why can't I partake of this? And uh, it started to make me think about some things. And shortly later, I was... Uh, uh, was saved, and, got to, and I remember the first time I got to take of it, uh, I remember being very excited about it, and again, uh, being excited and refreshed, it was new. Uh, maybe over the years that you've, we've kind of just gotten in the rut or just kind of a ritual religion, but tonight I wanted uh, some from four points here uh, on the process of the Lord's Supper. Number one, looking back. Number one, looking back, and I have an R word for each one of these points, and the R word for looking back would be Remember. What are we to remember? Number one, Christ's sacrifice. Christ's sacrifice on the cross for us. And uh, again, uh, growing up in church, you hear it over and over again. And uh, we talk about a sacrifice, but then you start to just really think about it. And uh, I, there's very few people on this earth that I would uh, die for. I hope the Lord lets me live for them uh, a little bit longer. Uh, but the fact that he went willingly to the cross, knowing what was going to happen, and he sacrificed himself for us so that we can have the opportunity to go to heaven. Another thing that we are to remember is Christ's suffering on the cross, his suffering. Uh, I will probably do a poor job of explaining this, but if I could uh, try to do this, but you think about just all that he went through in just those several hours of being crucified, and uh, you just go back to towards the beginning, and uh, 
you know, when they put the bag on his face and they were hitting, beating him and mocking him, making fun of him. And, uh, you know, as he's bleeding and the, that burlap bag that's on his head that they put on him is, is starting to, the blood soaking into it and it's starting to scab over. And they're making fun and then they rip the bag off his face and all the bleeding starts again. And you think about how they went and they plucked his beard out of his face. And uh, for a while there, um, I was growing my beard out during the wintertime. And, you know, one of the reasons why I trimmed it was because my son started to get a little grabby. And they started to pull. And uh, not trying to make light of things, but I didn't, they didn't pull my beard. But it was painful. But they ripped it out. And that was my Savior who did that for me, went through that, knew this was going to happen. You know, then they tied him to the, the, the whipping post. And they started to take that cat of nine tails that had several strips of leather. And you know uh, that it had broken glass and pottery and bones that were in that uh, cat of nine tails. And they not only just whipped him, but they did it in such a way that it wraps around his body, digs in, and they would whip him, and then they would pull, pulling back the flesh. And they did that over and over and over again. Why did he do that? For me, for you. His suffering. Then they nailed him to that cross after making him carry that cross on his back to the point where he could not do it anymore. And let me... I think we know this, but those pictures of Jesus that people draw frustrate me because it's kind of feminine looking, but he was a, he was a carpenter. No doubt this guy, uh, Jesus, was a very fit man and uh, probably had scars all over him from working with his father. Uh, he, he knew how to work. Uh, so I'm sure for him, uh, he, the, holding that cross would have been no issue, but because of all the suffering he went through, literally collapsed and could not carry that. You start to just think about and read through what Christ went through for me. And that's what this is tonight. We're remembering this. Christ's sacrifice is suffering. Next, another thing we're remembering is Christ sparing. Christ sparing. I think about just even the Passover uh, of um, they passed over that firstborn and, and they, they took time every year and they celebrated that. I wonder if like, we could go sit in those, in those uh, houses of those families where even if we were in that, uh, in that time frame, to sit down and look across at your firstborn and realize Christ spared them because of the blood that was put on the doorpost, because of uh, the, the, the lamb that was going to come and shed his blood for us. The sparing. And you think about just even every, every aspect of our life, things that we go through. Uh, maybe we're going through a tough time, but think about how tough you'd have it uh, if you didn't have Jesus Christ in your heart. We're remembering his sacrifice, remembering his suffering, we're remembering the sparing uh, that he has given us. When we pick up this piece of bread in, in, in the cup of juice, it's supposed to remind us of Jesus Christ. Again, the bread is remind us that he was broken on the cross for us. And without the, the, the blood that was shed for us, there's no remission of sin. First Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes. The juice reminds us of the blood that was poured out from the body, of Christ as it was being broken. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for the remission, the cancellation of our sin, uh, yours and mine. Hebrews 9, uh, 9.22 says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission. He had to shed the blood, otherwise there would have been no remission. The first thing in the process of the Lord's Supper tonight, looking back, remember Christ's sacrifice, Christ's suffering, Christ's sparing. Number two tonight, Looking within, looking within. The R word uh, for this one is recognize. Looking within, recognize. The Lord's Supper is a time for us to examine our own lives, not for us to examine those around us. One of the first areas that we should look within 
would be, first and foremost, are we saved? Are we saved? And again, I, as I, was, I remember, uh, again, as I've already said before, watching my sisters and my family partake of this Lord's Supper and I'm not able to take from it, started to make me think that I'm not saved. Maybe you're here tonight and uh, maybe you're going to partake of the Lord's Supper and we invite you to do that, but you're not truly saved and you're just kind of worried about what the next person is thinking about if you don't partake. Can I just say, again, supposed to look within. Don't worry about anybody else, but are you saved tonight? I don't want to make anybody doubt their salvation, but if you can't remember anything about your salvation and you're just going off of hearsay about somebody else that was there, say, yeah, you did that, can I just, can I just say, I, would, I wouldn't go, I would, I would get that settled. Um, if I can use my wife as an illustration, uh, she was saved as she was a young girl, but she, when she turned 11 years old, I believe it was around Easter time, uh, she thought, you know, I, I can't fully remember if I fully understood it, and she got assurance of her salvation. Maybe you have a testimony like that. But I wouldn't go off of, and honestly, I could say I remember the conversation when I had with my parents. I remember where I was. If my parents did not write the date, I would not remember the date. I would remember the year because I knew how old I was. But if you don't have a specific time or you don't remember anything about it, can I just encourage you? Get that settled. Uh, if you're just saying, yeah, well, great grandma told me that I did that, so I'm just gonna go, I'm just hope I go to heaven because of what great grandma said. Please, again, not trying to make you doubt your salvation, but get that settled tonight. Make, make sure you have a, a, a thing that you remember about your salvation. Looking within, are we saved? Number two, do we have any unconfessed sins in our lives? And uh, I think the first time I ever heard this phrase was from Pastor Schott, and I like how he says it's a forced opportunity to get right when we have the Lord's Supper. When we partake of the Lord's Supper, it's a forced opportunity to get right. And uh, here we go again. Uh, <clears throat> when my wife and I have a discussion, um, if you follow me on this, and if we leave and we don't come to the same page that I'm right and she's wrong, no, no. but we don't, we don't leave that discussion on good terms. Can I just tell you, it irritates me. See, I'm the type that's like, we're gonna get this right right now. She's the type that's like, I'm just gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be quiet, and I can't stand that. You say she's always quiet, she's always mad. No, okay, she's not. But when she, does, when she gets quiet, uh, my daughter does not take after this at all. She takes after me. Uh, but when she gets quiet, that frustrates me. Can I just say that uh, when our relationship's not right, I wanna get that settled. I wanna make sure, okay, what did I do? Uh, what did I say? What did I not say? Um, and I want to get that right. Same thing with our Heavenly Father. <clears throat> Can I just say that when we, there's something not right between us, we need to get, we, th th there's a hindrance there. Our prayers are hindered. Um, just think about anytime you have a loved one that calls you or a friend that says, hey, can you pray for this? What if you have some unconfessed sin in your life? God's not going to hear your prayer. We need, that's an opportunity to get it right tonight. Do we have any unconfessed sins in our lives? Akilah, when I got saved, I Confess for all my sins. Yes, Jesus Christ, it's a, God saved us uh, forever. Once saved, always saved. <clears throat> but you, you've broken that relationship. And tonight is an opportunity to get that, get that right. Recognize, are we saved? Looking within. Recognize, do we have any unconfessed sins in our lives? Number three, and I don't want to take too much time. I'll just read a list off here. But are we unworthy to partake? When we set aside some time to share uh, in the Lord's Supper, we're not just to... Uh, you know, fulfill the ritual or the, the to, to to do because this is what this is a time that's set aside apart, uh, apart for self examination. Before we take of the Lord's Supper, we're supposed to spend some time in prayer, and when we do this, um, we're supposed to self examine. Uh, Paul says in verse twenty seven of 
1 Corinthians 11, 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. We must understand that, it's, that the reality, none of us are truly worthy to take of the Lord's Supper, okay, if we're truly honest with ourselves. When Paul speaks of taking it in an unworthy manner, he's talking about people who rush in and, and participate without thinking of the real meaning of what's happening. Um, several things in 1 Corinthians 11, I won't go through all the verses, but they're found in verse 1 Corinthians 11, 18 through 32, uh, some, some things that uh, we can take unworthily, and I'm just rapid fire these, you don't need to write these down, but having envy in our, in our, in our or strife in our hearts, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. 18. Uh, see the Lord's Supper as mere ritual with no real spiritual significance, just kind of going through the emotions. Uh, number three, irreverence to God and the church. Number four, disrespect of the poor and the needy. Number five, unbelief in the significance of Christ's sacrifice for humanity. Number six, not having repented uh, of our sins. Um, again, not talking about salvation, but unconfessed sins in our life. And then number seven, not examining our life and re relationship with Christ. Just some areas that it may be taken unworthily. And again, we don't, you, nobody knows your heart, only you and God. And I just uh, challenge us to recognize and, and to look within. Number two, that's what we're on, look within. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, 28, uh, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Again, not, I'm not to judge, uh, pastor's not to judge who can and who cannot participate in the Lord's Supper. However, I, however, I think if we, take, if we have taken the time to pray, examine ourselves, repent of the sin, and allow the Lord to, to change our hearts and to mold our hearts, we know whether or not we should participate. Looking, with, uh, looking, um, look, uh, looking back, number one, remember. Number two, looking within, recognize. Number three tonight, looking outward. And the R word for this is, have I been wronged? W-R-O-N-G-E-D. And uh, if you went to school, you, you learned the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. And uh, I don't know about you, but that confused me the rest of my life because only one of those starts with an R. But that's okay. Have I been wronged? Follow me on this thought, if you would. I think if you could, I don't know where you're at right now. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. Go to 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to read two verses, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16 and 17. Verse 16 says, The cup of blessing which we bless is not the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break is not the communion of the body of Christ. Verse 17, For we, being many, are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. Paul is pointing out the need for unity in our church. We're talking about the unity. We're all one body. When we see the need for grace, and we see that none of us are deserving of salvation, and that it's all because of grace while we're here tonight, this should cause us to be unified with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It should cause us uh, to have an attitude of forgiveness because we didn't deserve to be forgiven. It should, uh, you know, it should cause us to show grace even to those that we don't wanna show grace. How ironic, in the next chapter we read that uh, Paul talks about spiritual gifts and how everyone has a different gift and how important each and every person is to the body of Christ. All right, we have a head, we got an arm, we got a leg. Everybody is, we're all part of one body. I don't know about you, but when one part of your body is not working right, it kind of slows you down and uh, it's not, something doesn't work right. 
That's why we need to be seeking unity in our church. So let me say tonight, maybe you've been wronged by somebody. Forgive them. Show grace to them. Uh, I've shared this illustration before, but I went to a family uh, growing up saying sorry, looking for a sorry in return because I felt like I had been wronged. And when I said sorry, they said, we forgive you, and it was the end of the conversation. I thought, that's not what I wanted. Um, But however, I had the wrong attitude about that. Maybe someone here tonight, someone's wronged you. Maybe maybe you never think that they're going to ask for forgiveness. Maybe they don't even know they did something wrong. Maybe they're doing it intentionally. Maybe they're doing it unintentionally. Can I just say, show them grace. Seek unity in the church, looking outward. And and can I just tell you this from uh, personal experience? I know that um, many of you maybe can have the same testimony. When everybody just gets along, it's so much better. Uh, Just even relating it to the workplace. When there's someone uh, on my, I guess you could say, team that I work with, when someone's in a bad mood, it just brings down the rest of the group. When someone has a, a bad attitude, so constant, I, I'm the little annoying brother on the job site. So when someone is having a bad day, I just push and push and push about how they're having a bad day. And eventually I try to, uh, maybe they're just laughing to get me to shut up. But I eventually tried to just, hey, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, if, it, if it's really all that bad, then why, why are we still here doing this? You know, there there's must be a reason why we're still here because we know that nobody else wants us. Um, and I'm just kind of joking with you on that. But it should cause us to love those, even those that we think that are undeserving our love. Um, Paul talks about, again, how one body and the spiritual gifts. Maybe, maybe tonight that you say, I, I really don't have any part in this church. Yes, you do. Everybody's an encourager to somebody. And uh, just, I like just even this morning when Pastor did the, uh, you know, he asked if anybody still had a mom or a, a grandma, and he says, well, if you don't, why don't you adopt one? I liked that. And I, I don't know if I've ever heard that before. And uh, so I'm trying to find many grandmas to adopt uh, for babysitters. No, I'm just kidding, but um, thankful for that. Um, but because we are one body, what a great opportunity for to seek unity in our church, and what a great opportunity tonight to get that settled. Looking outward, why not show someone grace tonight? Maybe you'll go to them and say, hey, you, you, you wronged me. We don't have to go into detail, but I just want you to know I love you and I forgive you. Guess what, if we love someone and forgive them, guess what, we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna wanna seek unity in the church. Looking back, remember. Looking within, recognize. Looking outward, have I been wronged? Number four, and lastly, looking ahead, his return. Looking ahead to his return. The Passover was a picture of the Lord's first coming when he would pay the penalty of our sins. Now, as we are around the Lord's table tonight, we remember his sacrifice and how undeserving we are, but we can look ahead for his glorious appearing, his second coming. And uh, if I could just, once again, I I don't have the flamboyant illustrations, but if I could just use, I loved it when my mom gave me a list and then told me what time she was coming home because I knew I could just, just in time get these things done. I did not like it when she gave me a list and said, I'm not telling you when I'm coming home. You know what, when she didn't tell me she was coming home, that list got done right away, because I didn't know when she was coming home. Sometimes I don't even know if she left. I think she set up cameras and she was watching me. Um, but nonetheless, looking ahead to his return. And uh, if, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pick on Jaden. This morning we're talking about, uh, man, hang on, I, I was, I forget the context it came into, but stuff that uh, we're not excited about, or I forget how it was, but he pretty much said, you know, I, oh, 
patiently waiting. I don't like waiting for something. He says, I, I like waiting for my death. And at first I was like, what? It was like, yeah, I, I, would, I won't mind waiting for my death. I would like to, I, so I understand as a, as a young person, okay, we don't really look forward. Uh, to, we're not, and don't be wrong, I remember, okay, high school, can I just graduate? Can I just graduate? Then it was, can I just get to college and, and start dating? And then it was, can I get married? And can I have kids? And then now that I have kids, Lord, please come back. Uh, is, so I understand that it may be, but the context of it tonight is looking ahead. If we're constantly looking for our Lord Jesus Christ, we're gonna be busy about his work. We're gonna be looking, we're gonna be um, looking ahead for, and, and, and trying to, to reach people for the, uh, for, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Looking ahead. I wanna be caught doing right. I don't want to be caught doing wrong. And uh, you think about that, uh, again, I'm the probably, I guess the, it wouldn't be the right thing to say the worst sinner here. I'm probably the best sinner, uh, I guess I could say, as far as being sinful. But I want to make sure that I'm all, I, I immediately keeping a short account with my Lord Jesus Christ. When I do something wrong, I want to get that right right away. And tonight we have that opportunity at the Lord's Supper to look ahead for his return. And I want to, when he comes back, I want to be expecting it. I want to be ready. I want my heart to be ready. I want my family to be ready. So here we go. Let me sum all this up. If I haven't lost yet, I almost did a handout tonight just so that I wouldn't lose anybody, but I knew it was the Lord's Supper, so I think we all are aware of some of these things. But if I could sum it up with uh, six words, okay? Tonight, the Lord's Supper, it's a process of when we did those, those L words and the R words. Kneel down. Kneel down. Humble yourselves and remember his sacrifice and how great it is. Kneel down. Two, fess up. Anything in our hearts that will hinder our relationship with God, let's get it right tonight. Thirdly, reach out. Seek unity in our church, okay? And I can't tell you how, how important that really is. We overlook that, and sometimes we just kind of, you know, I, we have, maybe we have, uh, I don't believe we do, but I know we have some closer friends that kind of hang out. We don't believe we have any cliques in our church, but reach out. Maybe look for those that are uh, for her and try to seek, seek unity in our church. And if I could just, one more time, just remind us that, look back, remember what he did for us, look within, recognize, okay, are we saved? Do we have unconfessed sins in our life? Are we unworthy to partake tonight? Looking outward, have I been wronged? Just let it go. Show grace. We've been showing, we've been showing grace when we don't deserve it. Look ahead. When we partake tonight of the Lord's Supper, we can look forward to his return. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for um, just this time tonight. Thank you for this opportunity, God, for um, to partake of the Lord's Supper. God, I pray that maybe something that was said tonight would uh, uh, be, be new, be fresh, and have a uh, new aspect or new look on this. And God, I pray for, I believe that there's someone in here tonight that doesn't know that heaven's their home, and they're here tonight to uh, being faithful to church, being faithful to Lord's Supper, but they're not really sure if they're saved. God, I pray that you would just convict them. God, I pray you prick their hearts and that they would come forward tonight and get this settled on the night of the Lord's Supper. And God, maybe we, there's someone tonight that just needs to, have some unconfessed sins that we need to get taken care of or seek some unity in the church and, and go and forgive somebody and um, get back on the same page, Lord. Lord, I love you so much, and I pray that we would not be soon to forget what you've done for us. And God, I pray we'd be able to share that with those around us. We ask these things in your name.